This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. So let's reset hour two of our draft live stream. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We've got close to 600 people watching live on a night the Knicks. Hey. Have a, well, on the night the Knicks do not have a pick. Um, we are through 10 picks of the W of the NBA draft. Um, WNBA draft is very, very far away from now. Um, and it's the, the biggest surprises so far. We've had a couple trades. Uh, Indiana and Washington traded seven and eight. Um, Dallas traded out of number 10. The Charlotte Hornets passed on Scoot Henderson and took Brandon Miller with the second pick. Uh, and as everybody expected, um, Victor Wembanyama went one and the Thompson twins went back to back with the fourth and fifth pick. 11th uh, is Orlando, their second pick of the draft, and they are currently on the clock. And one last thing, I the the traded player exception that OKC is is not sending to Dallas. I mean, Dallas gets a traded player exception from this. That's not nothing. Seventeen million now. Traded player exceptions can't be combined. So, like, if they did another deal and got another traded ex- player exception, can't combine traded player exceptions. But for them to be able to now trade for a player, this is going to be fascinating because now they have the twelfth pick. Could they send the twelfth pick somewhere? and take on a player by sending out the 12th pick into that traded player exception such that, um, you know, a team, how big is it? Well, $17 million. Cause it's, oh, okay, it's, okay. it's Davis Bertans. Um, that's, Oh, that's big, right. Okay. That's okay. how big the traded yeah, player yeah, exception yeah. is. So, you know, it, it, like it's one yeah right it well he makes a little bit more than that unfortunately but it'd be one thing if a team so close was acquiring 12 or whatever you know pick the dallas mavericks had and they had to stomach you know let's say the uh the remaining how many years does timmy have left my god oh my god the remaining yeah actually only has two left um uh yeah, two years of of Timmy left. Now they don't have to do that. Um, huh. What, <laughs> Chris? You got to say words if you're gonna react. What's up? Listen, man. Jed Howard from Michigan just went at eleventh overall. Wow. Now, I am not trying to say I don't like Jed Howard. I am probably the only person. Juwan's kid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only person I know that has Jet as the best prospect out of Michigan. Everybody else that I talk to, literally everybody else, Sam Vecini, Wilco, Pre- everybody thinks Kobe Bufkin is better. I think Prez maybe has Jet higher, and I don't think he does. Everyone thinks Kobe, but I have Jet Howard as the better prospect of the two. Okay. But to take him at 11, I was going to, you know, you brought up, I was going to make a Nepo baby joke. Like, like this is kind of crazy. Like, I, I think. This is very high for someone who I'm not sure can play defense. 
You have him 22 on your board. On yep. Your big board. So Jed Howard is, is in a tier on my big board. And I'll tell you who he's in a tier with. Um, but he's he's in a tier. Basically, the first tier on my big board is the same as Vicini's. It's tier Vic is what we call it because <laughs> that's that. Tier two for me is all NBA bets. You know, betting on guys that could you think could maybe make all NBA. That's Scoot, Cam, and Amen. My next tier is guys that I think if they're not all-stars will be really, 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 really good starters or elite role players. Jairus Walker, Brandon Miller, all-star Thompson, Taylor Hendricks. My next tier is guys that I think are really good bets to maybe be a star, but probably just a good starter or a really, really great role player. The next tier is guys who I think are like a lock to be good role players, but not really have that star upside. And the tier after that is where I have Jed Howard is in the tier with guys like Kobe Bufkin, Colby Jones, Jordan Hawkins, who Benji loves um, Chris Murray, Hame Hakez Jr., Rayon Rupert, Marcus Sasser, Ben Shepard. I have Jed Howard in a tier of guys who I think are going to stick in the NBA for 10 plus years. Um, and I think we'll be good players, but not that have all-star upside at all. And so to take him in the lottery is, is weird. Um, I would have gone with Grady Dick if I were them over Jed Howard, if I wanted a shooter. Uh, so I find that odd. Um, yeah. So as you get, if you're watching, you see, I've got Jed, geez, sorry. If you're watching, you see, I've got Jed Howard 22 on my big board here. His teammate from Michigan, Kobe Bufkin right here at 23, this tier of guys here, the lot, the color of the lines underneath the guys is the tier they're in. So Omax is in the tier above. Um, but for these guys here, these are all guys who I think are just going to be good. Like they're going to be good players, whether they're the worst starter on the court or the best bench player on the court or the second best bench player on a contender. Um, these guys are going to be good and they're going to help teams for, for a decade plus. Now that doesn't mean I would take any of them at 11th overall. I think it's tough with jet and here's the quick sell and reason why, like here's the 60 second or less summary. You know, get the, here's a cool name. His first name's jet. Is that the, <laughs> yeah, cool name the passes the name test. Um, for me personally, there's like a hack. If your dad got a cup of coffee in the NBA or, or was just a, a role player or a rotational guy, you're going to be a stud. Um, go look up quickly, like NBA father son duos, and just look at the not great fathers and how good their sons are in the league. There's Wisconsin, something about, baby. something about, yeah, there's something about dads who knew what it took to stick around in the league for a long time as a fringe guy that breeds stars. And, and I think Jet Howard is one of those guys who is going to benefit from Juwan, who's literally a college head coach, having a whole lot of wisdom to impart but, on him. Juwan was a it was a much better player than like a, a guy who just hung on. Right, right. But, but no, he was, I mean, he, he was, was good. A, he was good. a borderline all-star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing with Jet is like, I don't know if he fits my bill. Oh, for, wow. I don't know if he fits my bill for that. And, and here's the other thing. Yeah, he's, he's offensively versatile. John, he's six foot seven and he can handle the ball. And I think he has playmaking feel. So you can run a pick and roll where Jet Howard is the ball handler, or you can have him run a pick and pop and go get open. The, the, he's a great shooter. He, here's the thing. I don't know if he can defend his own position or twos. Twos might be too quick for him and threes might be too big for him. And it's not that he's not the size of a three. It's that he's scrawny. And so it's tough for me to say he's going to hold his own defensively at all in his first two years in the NBA. Um, well, 
Yeah, I mean, the, look, it's the second pick for the Magic, so maybe they felt like, look, we got an extra bite. Which at the is apple. why I would have gotten an upside swing, but it, it, they went high floor with both guys. So um, you're not going to like this. Uh, Derek Lively, it. we oh. love, is going to the Mavs. So oh. they, they get what they hope is their long-term answer at the center position because um, I, I know enough from listening to you um, uh, Lively is good and I wasn't 100% sure about this but now I could say it because Bobby Marks uh, confirmed it with, with uh, Tim McMahon the Mavs will not only get the traded player exception they will also now um, be able to open up the full mid-level exception so here's what the Mavs have done with this trade they've given themselves a chance to add a player that makes up to $17 million by trade give themselves a chance to sign a player. And I think they may have to wave and stretch um, uh, uh, Reggie Bullock's uh, last year of his deal. Cause he, he has a small guarantee on that either way. They're going to be able to open up the full mid level and that's $12 million that they're going to be able to spend. And then on top of all that, they do get to keep the, um, the Kyrie Irving cap hold. So they'll be able to, to resign Kyrie for whatever amount of money. Um, why does all this matter? Because I think the Mavs are obviously an object of fascination for all of us Knicks fans, for me at least. And uh, we do own their pick next year, so I, they should they should be pretty good with what they if they could execute on what they did tonight and actually bring in some players with the flexibility that they've given themselves. They put themselves in a nice position with what they did here. Um, so good job by them, and and again, good job by OKC going and getting their guy and doing what they needed to do it. So I, I feel like this is going to be a trade where both teams are going to be very happy with how it turns. Yeah, out. but to- totally, totally fine with that assessment. Um, for me, Derek Lively for the Mavs, just to give you a sense of what they're getting, is weirdly kind of an upside pick, uh, but. It brings a floor. If he could shoot, right? That's yeah. the thing. So, if so he that's could shoot, Sam Vecini told you if he if exactly, we knew exactly. he could shoot, he'd be a top five pick in the draft. Exactly as I talked about with Sam Vecini, exactly where I was going. If you pretend that offense doesn't exist, that all Lively can do is dunk because he's tall, he might be a really good player the way we see Mitchell Robinson as a really good player. Maybe not the perfect guy for every series because a guy like Bam Adebayo can outclass him top to bottom and erase him, make him look invisible. But he also probably was the best Nick throughout the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look at production per second on the court, you know, and it's like, yeah. um, I, I think that Derek Lively can be that kind of, I agree with Sam. He can be that kind of guy. I just don't see him as being able to move the same way that Mitch does. And I remember, you know, Mitch, we kind of forget how m- mobile he was when he got to the league because he went too far to the other end of the spectrum and then had to slim down. But Lively's kind of starting from where Mitch is now in the sense where it's like he's bulked up and he's not too small, too big. So I don't think he can move the way young Mitch can. And he definitely isn't strong the way big Mitch could. So it's what was. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I do think he'll muscle up now that basketball is his full-time job. That's always a big consideration. Um, The thing is that if you get literally anything from him on offense, if he can make passing reads out of the short roll, that Dallas, that the ball in Dallas is about to zip around the court, and Luca's not going to be this super set like isocentric. Like they're going to be able to play a style of basketball that's more conducive to Luca passing and setting a screen. And you're going to be like, "What? He can do that?" <laughs> um, and the kid, the kid they got out of the G League uh, 
last year who, who kind of came on late. He's more that that's the, I'm forgetting who, who it is, but he had a good, uh, he had a good rookie season. Um, so looking at the board again, we got cam still on. We got Dick still on here. And uh, we got uh, Buffkin. Between Dick and Buffkin, those are just two all-time last names. Listen, yeah, we've got um, we've got some we got a lot of cool names in this draft class. CD Sissoko, Brandon Podzemski, but Brandon's pods, pods I love. I, 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 I never heard that until, until Jeremy uh, AirPods pods. AirPods, yeah, yeah um, AirPods is like but Prez. I don't know, whatever. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Olivier Maxence Prosper. We got a lot of cool names in this draft. Hold on, there's an Olivier. Olivier Maxence is Does his he act on the side. It's That's not. Cool. It's not Olivier, and then last name is Maxence Prosper with a hyphen. No, first it's name Olivier Maxence. First name is Olivier hyphen Maxence. Last great. name Prosper. I mean, what else could you ask for in a name <laughs> draft? He's going top five. <laughs> let's uh, Jacob knock out some super chats. My oh. God, Jacob, that's a good idea. Uh, Jacob let's... supported Dream. Last night, and now he's here at the draft live stream. This is my guy. Jacob is actually a really big fan of you two gentlemen, um, but he's oh. kind enough to join for my uh, streams as well. So thank Jacob, you, Jacob. Uh, oh, to be a fly up? on the wall in the Portland and Dallas war room. What? what? Chris was in the middle of reading that. No, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't start. He didn't, uh, okay, I thought he was ahead. passing it off to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So. I think if we make any moves tonight, we won't make a take a big swing, but help facilitate other deals. I wonder how the Knicks would help facilitate another deal because their surplus of second round picks next year. If there's any team that doesn't want to pick in this year's draft, the Knicks will gladly help someone else acquire that pick by by shifting around the value. The Knicks have five picks in next year's draft that project to be in the top forty. Yeah. Can we just say that? <laughs> like, yeah, no freaking for, lot for sure. Um, because the um, two first rounders, their, their own first rounder and then the Mavs first rounder. And then they have the, the three, the three seconds. So, and you never know, crazy, crazy shit could happen. Maybe if you're, one. if you're Denver and you got these three picks and you're thinking to yourself, there's two guys we absolutely need. And you, you get one with the first pick and then you get the other with the second pick. And then you're sitting there and you're going, I don't really need the third. Do we one go anymore. a draft and stash? Do we send him to the G league? Oh, the Knicks will give us three top 40 picks next year. Yeah. They're all second rounders, but this is a second round. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, if there's a guy they like, if there's a guy yeah, they exactly. like, I don't, I don't know. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. 
And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird. B-I-R-D, dogs, D-O-G-S, dot com, and promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Uh, Harry Doner, always appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Um, glad you're glad you're here with us tonight. Thank you, Harry, man. Uh, I appreciate it. David Gradaire. What's going on, Dave? So, <laughs> so... <laughs> Sign and trade Julius to Portland for uh, Jeremy Grant and Scoot Henderson. I love it. Hell of a job, Leon. Yeah, you could build. You could just rename Madison Square Garden the Leon Rose Center if he did that. I think that would be pretty. That would be pretty good. And Dom, what's going on, Dom? How are you, man? Hope you're enjoying your summer. What's up, Dom? Dom Cappuccini. I just want to hop in and say hi. Maybe nothing happens tonight. It doesn't matter. Love the content. We appreciate you. Uh, I can talk myself into Paul George or Levine barely. I don't think I can with anyone else. Might as well run it back, probably. So regarding Paul George, um, for anybody who's watching, may not have heard the the scuttlebutt today. Ian Bagley reported was the first to report that the Knicks and Clippers had had uh, discussions, and then there was a report from um, an LA Times writer whose name I'm looking up right now, Andrew Greif or Grief. I hope I sounds right. Not completely butchering the pronunciation of his last name. Which uh, in which he reported that the Knicks did indeed reach out to the Clippers, but then after hearing whatever they heard from LA, uh, went back and uh, huddled up and decided, you know what, um, thirty three years old, about to get even more expensive, injury risk, uh, not the business that that, or I shouldn't say that it, it, it was not did not have that level of finality, but basically. Um, uh, intimated that the Knicks, what is the word he used, have become hesitant, hesitant about acquiring George, which to me says that um, they heard what the cost would be and then they considered all of those um, considerations and were like, yeah, you know what? That's not the, the business we want to be in right now, which who could blame them for that? Levine, man, Levine's interesting. I don't know. Well, I'll, we'll save Levine talk for later because I have a feeling he may. Really quick, we got a little scoop ski from Ian Begley. Uh, I won't call it a, a big scoop. It's not a trade or anything, but just some some something he got a note from Dallas's front. Oh office. yeah, some that. some people with the Mavs felt Derek Lively reminded them of DPOY and NBA champ Tyson Chandler. So the Mavericks, I, you know, a lot of people pinned Lively to the Mavericks at ten. So John, you were you were kind of singing their praises a little bit. Think about the fact that they got their guy two spots two after spots they drafted. Later. And what what did they do? What did they give up? Oh, uh, 
Uh, they got rid of seventeen million dollars. They they, they, yeah. they benefited from it. Oh, so this is really good for the for the Mavericks. Honestly, Nico Harrison way too kind of. I I think Nico Harrison just extinguished the fire under his butt. Like I think there was like a pressure. Like the Mavs have to. The Mavs are so screwed. Oh, Kyrie's is- gonna go to play with LeBron, and and, and it's like I, they're actually in great shape right now. So that's cool. And there is a, they do have a breaking case of emergency uh, plan. If Kyrie goes to them, it's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I want to go to LA because they will be able to maneuver into um, cap space, I think, pretty easily at that point and uh, sign uh, Fred Van Fleet, Draymond Green, whoever, whoever you want to link to them. Um, so, do, 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 yeah, Stevens, Stevens Guillaume with our next super chat. What's going on, Stevens? How are you, Ben? Been a minute since I caught a KFS live. Well, we haven't haven't done we, we do one a week, right? That's it. This, this is our then. third this week, but mostly it's been one two. Mostly, week, right? yeah. so, so don't feel too bad. Uh, Chris, thanks for your hard work with Dream Series. Definitely been informative heading into tonight. John GMAC, always great to see you. Hashtag and Leon, we trust. Well, very nice. Thank you, Stevens. It's good to see you too. Thank you, man. I appreciate the kind words about Dream and Draft Class. Really, Ray, I need to give oh. a shout out because I've I've had such a crazy week and uh, I haven't been doing a good job of promoting my own my own product. Uh, Ray Marcano has guest authored for the Knicks Film School newsletter five five straight newsletters. So the first one was last Friday, and then every day this week, and his series concluded today in which he looked at the best late round draft picks in NBA history and late round specifically. um, He went back and researched when the NBA used to be three rounds or more, which was up until uh, I believe it was the late eighties, mid to late eighties. And let me tell you the, the stuff that I learned uh, reading what Ray dug up uh, over the last week has been absolutely phenomenal. If you're a newsletter subscriber and you have somehow missed one of those newsletters, make sure you go check that out. Some fun, some fun stuff he dug up. And if you're not a newsletter subscriber, feel free to subscribe to the next film school newsletter. Um, and Ray with a question here is I say, Thomas running the wizards weird draft. You know, this is more like is Sam Hinky running the wizards. I, I think we're, I think it's the other direction. I, Ray, I get what you're saying, but I'm going to be the but actually guy, and, and I'm going to I'm going to say I think it's an actual other direction, uh, as opposed to the Wizards taking that pick and moving it for a star like uh, Mister I Zeke would have. Um, I, I think that. Sorry, I tried to remember my nicknames there. I'm, I, I was born after he retired. No, anyway. you got it right. <laughs> so basically uh, I am wearing, I don't know if you saw, I'm wearing a shirt from before I'm b- born. Got a vintage Nike shirt on from 96. I was born in 02. So I, I respect my 90s. I respect my, my 90s stuff. I but, was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> so that was negative six. Uh, <laughs> basically, basically Ray, I think that Washington is like, today they really loudly said, we are really happy to be bad. They're going to give Jordan Poole the keys to the car. And oh they, are, they are picking a guy at number seven who, if there's four seconds left on the shot clock and you pass him the ball, yeah, you probably you have a better shot of like, I'm not trying to throw shots at NBA players. I'm just trying to make, I'm trying to give a, a idea of where he's at. Like, I'd rather trust RJ Barrett with four seconds on the clock. I'd rather Wait. trust... Josh Giddy with four seconds on the click guys who I don't even consider top tier scorers like whatever it's a, it's the seventh pick in the draft and Kulabali is like um, 
you know, he he can't do much besides be ridiculously athletic right now. And it's it's a project pick. And and, and you know what? This could age, you know, Kulabali could age and be the, the 10th best player in this draft. He could be the fifth best player in this draft. It's just going to take three to four years before you reap those benefits. So this is a very loud, the, the smoke is black coming out of the, the hut here that Washington's okay tanking. Um, this just in, uh, Dick is up, uh, is going to Canada up north. Whoa. North of the border. To oh, Toronto. that's so not them. Fascinating. Uh, he, well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting pick by them. Um, I mean, he wore Raptor red tonight, so I guess there's, there's that. Um, I wonder, are there shoulder pads in that, in that, um, blazer he's wearing? I don't know. Um, regarding just real quick on Ray's thing, a reminder that Isaiah Thomas is actually literally running an NBA team, if you believe, uh, reports. And uh, shockingly enough, a team that owned every single one of its draft picks like six months ago now owns none of its draft picks, which is like, you can't write this shit. You really just... That's that's Zeke. Um, Yeah. Grady Dick is so the opposite of the... He's like... The Raptors have exclusively drafted six, seven guys who cannot play offense and and have just assembled a team of them. And Grady Dick is a six, eight guy who can't play defense. Like no. he's well, they're balancing it out. Yeah. So the thing with Grady, and I'm going to keep calling him Grady, even though I usually good job, go, good job by you not being the go with one. last names, but don't um, worry, I'll pick up the slack. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, uh, fit fits like a like a puzzle here. So basically, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the, uh, the the so Grady Dick Grady will get targeted on defense. Um, this is something that people like Adam Spinella and Vicini have said about him. This is something I've said about him. Like LeBron in the final two minutes of the the game, if he's on the court, is going to be like, get me that guy on a screen. Right, but isn't Booker's. that most rookies in fairness? Oh, I'm talking about in year six. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you, so know, just, you don't think he has a path to becoming a he's a, long NBA level. He's long, defender. but when you watch the hips, it's like yikes. And you know, I know everyone in Nick Twitter hates the hip analysts because of Obi Toppin, but Obi Toppin still can't post up Dean Wade. Shout out for cats in year three. So <laughs> Um, basically it's like <laughs> with Dean Wade hive. <laughs> so uh, it's basically with, with Grady Dick, it's like, you're hoping he can become an average defender. Cause then you can justify playing him in the clutch. If you can justify playing him in the clutch, you got to guard him out to 33, 34 and, and just like pee your pants while hoping he doesn't run faster than you and get open. Um, if there's 0.9 seconds on the clock, that guy's getting the ball and coming off a screen and taking a curl three. Like it's just, it, it's, he is so good at shooting the basketball and he's also tall. And I have, I have someone who I really trust who says they don't see much of it, but like they don't think there should be more than three draft spots between Brandon Miller and Grady Dick. Now I, I'm not there. I'm not there personally, but that's someone I trust. So I, I will represent their opinion accordingly. I had Brandon Miller at number six on my board. I had Grady Dick at number 12 on my board. As Sham Sharanya says, the Mavericks are already active in the marketplace yeah. with their and, $17 million trade exception. And one other thing I want to note, um, just and you touched on it before, 
Uh, Jonathan Wasserman tweeted out a few minutes ago regarding the guy who is speaking of your board, number three on your board. Uh, Cam Whitmore's medicals creating all sorts of worrying. This has come back to haunt teams more often than not, um, implying that like when it when teams start to get scared of medicals this this late in the process, it's usually a mistake. Well, that happened with AJ Griffin, and I think that that didn't matter so far. So with me. I'll say two things can be true. One, I completely ignored AJ Griffin's injury problems and I put him at number five on my big board last year. And he averaged like nine, two and one for Atlanta in 18 minutes a game this year, 47% shooting 39 from three, something like that. Um, And basically that's literally off the top of my head. That could all be made up. I think it's right though. Um, But basically, basically I brought that up to someone who would know things. And I was like, well, I didn't care about AJ Griffin's medicals. And that went well for me. I kind of just have to evaluate what I see on the court. And they were like, that's fair. But Cam's medicals are worse than AJ's and AJ's were a problem. So Uh, Jordan Hawkins uh, at a UConn who some people think might be the best shooter in the draft. Um, is going to 14 at New Orleans. So New Orleans takes a guard, um, not the guard they perhaps coveted tonight, but mm. they got a guard. Um, Read the super chat on the screen real quick. Oh, it's Sean. Sean with the W. What's going on? What's a good spot to trade into for what? For wit. Wit. For As wit. And wit more. Oh, I'll hang, I I'll hang up and listen. I can't read. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. I'm going to just. Be quiet, uh, Chris. Well, we let's go through the let's go through the board here, because I I can't believe that that Whitmore uh, Whitmore is still on the board. Um, what it's do we have that any of these teams want? Cam Whitmore's medicals were worse than than AJ Griffin's, and AJ Griffin's were concerning enough that he fell. He was a top five player on my board, and he went fifteen. Um, and he was a top five player on a lot of people's boards. Well, okay. So first, we should say the team up at fifteen next is a team is the team that pick, actually picked AJ Griffin and looked past the medicals, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. They um, should do it here too. Also right. notable that uh, the Knicks and Hawks have been trade partners uh, in the past. Uh, obviously, the Cam the Cam Reddish trade for a, another Cam. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. For how funny would that be if they traded again, except it's a different cam. Um, here's what we know about the Hawks. The Hawks are looking to offload money. The Knicks could theoretically take on bad money, um, not into cap space because they have no cap space, um, but they do have a very large expiring contract in Evan Fournier. Now, man. Hmm. No, that they, they no. I they, they're gonna they're deter- at this point they have to be determined to get something of value for John Collins, and I don't even want to live in a world where John Collins is on the Knicks. So I'm just gonna. Oh, that's scoot, not happening. Yeah, I'm gonna screw. I'm, I'm gonna screw right right past this. I, I do not think Cam Whitmore is is, is worth it for them. Uh, the Jazz own the 16th pick in the draft. Um, they would want. The they would jazz. want more than we. They, they would, would want more than they, we'd be willing to. We give would up. say, "Hey, what do you want for the 16th pick?" And they'd be like, "We'll do Quentin Grimes straight up." And we'd be yeah. like, "Jesus Christ!" Um. Oh man, I was just gonna. No, in a vacuum, I'd swap Grimes for. I mean, in a vacuum, I'd swap Grimes for Whitmore in two seconds. I take. What about what about what about quickly? I would take. Oh no, no, but Grimes, yes. 
Grimes, I, I take one second to think about it and then the second to hit the button. But the, the thing is, if the medicals are that bad, um, then you don't do it because if Grimes can play 78 games a year, then <laughs> that's great. Uh, the, the thing with Whitmore is that the knee problems are so directly related to why I have him so high. Uh, he his athleticism is ludicrous. He's a 99th percentile. You mean they take away athlete. the thing that? Yeah, like he's he's a he's, he's a 99th percentile vertical athlete. He's a 99th percentile lateral athlete. Like P3 sports science, like he damn near broke their system, right? Like the only guy who compares, and they, uh, no, not on the court in the in the sports science lab. The only guy who compares that I've scouted in my lifetime is Anthony Edwards to Cam Whitmore's athleticism. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, but if Cam Whitmore's knee has a problem, then how accessible is that athleticism? How accessible are the game-breaking tools that are the reason that I have him at number three on my board? I'm just going to answer Sean's question really quickly and say that I don't think that there is a deal to be made because it would be it would involve either the Knicks giving up like a quickly or a Grimes, which I don't think they're going to do, or it would involve the Knicks giving up a future. I mean, unless Whitmore falls like to into the twenties. If it's in the next handful of picks, 15, 16, 17, if a team is trading out of that spot, they're going to want a draft asset, a future draft asset that has a chance of being pretty good. And I, which means in translation is I don't think any of the Knicks protected picks are getting that done, which translation means the Knicks are going to have to put one of their own picks on the table to, and they're not doing that. So, I mean, look, Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I, I I think Whitmore. I, I've ever since you were very high on him, Chris. I kind of he's the one guy I did a little bit of homework on. I'm like, man, this guy, this guy could be really good. Um, he's like he's like the project athlete wing, except he could step back to his left from three as a righty right now. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Buffkin, really it's Buffkin to Atlanta, by the way, at 15. Yeah, and J- sorry, one real quick thing since we were just talking about Cam. That's so weird. At the one of Trey or Dejounte's. Well, I mean, look there, the but move. that's the thing with I, I was trying to apply before. They are so like the two teams that were transparent, not transparent. That you that it was obvious that they were going to cut three teams. I should say cut money somehow this summer. The Warriors and the Clippers because they just can't survive at this point, which is why the, the Clippers are going to find a way to make some sort of consolidation trade. And the Warriors did what they did today, offloading Jordan Poole. Um, and then the Hawks, because you just can't justify the amount that they're going to be spending moving forward in the coming years on a roster that is um, was the eighth seed uh, in the in the in the playoffs this year. Uh, Jeremy Wu uh, just tweeted out with Cam Whitmore falling out of the lottery. My understanding is there is a palpable trepidation. Good word choice, Jeremy, surrounding his medicals that has contributed to that slide. That chatter grew louder behind the scenes today. Whitmore could still be a real value pick for whoever grabs him. Um, He's the third best prospect in this draft. Semicolon. I mean, this is this is I Michael heard Porter Jr. I I heard the word when it comes to knee injuries that starts with a D and has a E and then a G and then another E and then an N. And I okay, it took me a minute, but I. Got Did you just say the word degenerative? Degenerative. There you go. <laughs> it's it's not. Yeah. It's being it's, that explosive. This could be a, being, this could be a Brandon Roy type of thing. Being that thing? explosive is really tolling. Um, oh man, who's in, hold on? I need to lean on it. It's impossible to predict a career ender, but I, I do think that 
the talent is supreme and that at the end of the day, this is a multi dozen million dollar business or multi hundred million dollar business that each team run or each owner runs a multi million dollar business that adds up to a sum that's greater than the, the total of its parts, which, which is a hundred plus million dollar. It, it's really tough to look at a guy who you think might not be able to give you a regular season for your, his whole tenure with you. So a couple things. One, um, it's going to Keontae. The, the, the slide continues. It's Keontae George um, with the 16th Let's go. Pick. Good two. for him, man. Watch Cam go to Miami. Jesus. Well, so the guy that I just thought of, and he was not a, a top five prospect by any stretch of the imagination, but I know you remember Dewan Blair. Um, oh, yeah. With the yeah, Spurs. He fell to the 37th pick because uh, there was a some kind of degenerative issue in his knees. And that dude was like a player for a few years. He never like top 10 points a game, but he was really good. And uh, he was out of the league by 27, the age of 27. Um, so like, I don't know. This um, is let wild, me though. Let me say this on Cam Whitmore. Houston, like I said, met secretly with him twice in the last week. I would look at them if he continues to fall to try moving up a spot or two. They have 20, right? Yep. I can see them trying to move up a spot or two. If he falls, I can see them just taking him at 20. Um, this is something they'll see as a value proposition because if Houston can walk out of this draft with the number four and number three prospects on my big board, I think they'll do so really happily. I just, I, I think that... Um, it requires Whitmore falling that far. And I could see them moving up a spot or two to secure him. Um, another name. I don't know if Andrew's going to remember this one. This might be a little bit old for Andrew. I'm going to mispronounce his first name. Maje Lampe. Does that oh, name mean anything? Yes. Yeah, the 30th pick that fell to the Knicks. Yes. And yeah. He was mocked to go in the top five of mm-hmm. that draft. And then I remember watching that draft. Might have been one of the, not no, the first draft I watched was the 1993 draft, but I remember watching that draft. And I, I, you would have thought by how I reacted when the Knicks took Maje Lampe, um, who if he walked into my living room, I wouldn't have known who he was, but like I just knew where he was mocked. Um, I, you would have thought that the Knicks had just won the championship, how I reacted when the Knicks took him. What I remember is this is one of the last drafts that was in the garden and Nick. Oh fans, yeah. Knicks fans reacted. He, he was, he was there. The he came he out the of the last one in the war room that was yeah. still there. Wait, hold turned on. When he stood up and like, was he waved. in the war room or was he in Not the, the crowd? war room? This is, so this is back when they didn't have a war room and it was table. Well, now they don't, now they don't have that either because they sit in tables yeah, they have the, on the yeah. floor and he was the last person that hadn't gotten taken. And he turned to a, a jubilant Knicks crowd that was like, Oh, we just got a top 10 value and yeah. like waved his hands. And I don't have a meaningful NBA moment for him. Did so. here's, here's, this is a bad job by me. Did he ever actually play in the NBA? Actually don't know. I don't think he did. I don't know this name. <laughs> it's, that's how, but that's Chris to that oh, wait, point. No, he did, he that's did how, yeah. Hold on. Here we go. No, so, I understand That's how that went. You know, Maje Lampe played 632 NBA minutes. He played for Phoenix because I don't say forget games. the Knicks like, that's sent a, that's his a good career. They, <laughs> they sent his rights to Phoenix in the Marbury trade, obviously. Um, and this is f- just fantastic deep dive here. Uh, Maje Lampe once scored in an NBA game 
17 points. I was going to guess 20. Wow. Against the Milwaukee Bucks in a Phoenix win. It it took Phoenix uh, to 23 and 47. Hey, oh, good job. by Hold on. One more. The starting lineup for those Phoenix Suns that Majay Lampe scored 17 points. Joe Johnson, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Leandro Barbosa, and Antonio McDice, baby. How you doing? Hey, now that name I know. There you go. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Enough Maje Lampe talk for tonight. Hey, what's up? Jonathan Macri here with our good friends at Oakley to tell you why Jalen Brunson's incredible first season in New York was more than meets the eye. Is it that Brunson became the first point guard in Knicks history to average at least 24 points a game? Is it that he became just the second player in NBA history to average at least 24 points, six assists, and under 2.5 turnovers? No and no! It's that he did both of those things all while playing on a below-market contract that will become even more valuable under the new collective bargaining agreement. So yes, we should all be very thankful that the Mavericks had to find out the hard way that Jalen Brunson is more than meets the eye. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. Let's talk Keontae George at 16 a little bit. Please. Um, yes. And we didn't really talk Jordan Hawkins at, at 15 or 14 much. Give us uh, a quick a quick one um, on both. For for Jordan Hawkins at 14, I, you know, Jonathan Wasserman had him 40 in one of his big boards at 40. And, and I agree with that assessment more than Sam Vecini, who had him at 18. Seems like NBA teams really bought into the, the winning pedigree at college um, and, and thought that you know, that was the the way to go was to just bet on that. I thought he, the Lakers at 17 would be the pick for him. I had Hawkins 25 on my big board because he has an NBA skill that's going to keep him in the league for at least 10 years. Um, but the downside is that he's Isaiah Joe, who was available on the free agent market for a four-year, $8 million deal to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's just tough in the lottery, which is supposed to be for swings at guys with game-breaking tools like Scoot Henderson or then like Anthony Black or Bilal Koulibaly who have athleticism that's kind of, especially Bilal off the charts, Ant Black just size and athleticism given his position. Um, You know, Hawkins could end up I'll say this, and this might be 
disagreed with, but it's kind of just like my draft philosophy. Your goal shouldn't be to get a guy in the lottery that you think could be long-term one of the 14th best guys in the draft class. That's, okay. that's hitting for a single. You go for the best guy and you go for who you think is going to be the best. I think this guy, the Utah jazz took Udoka as a bookie at 28 overall. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on a live stream with you, sir, Jonathan Macri and Spencer Perlman. My, I guess like my draft dad in terms of like where I got all my early philosophy from. I just learned so freaking yeah, much gonna, from gonna, that guy. I'm going to tell Spencer. Uh, but basically, you know, he lives like a five minute drive from me. I'm gonna, we're going to get lunch one day. Anyway, basically um, he was saying how Utah had, Yudoka top 10 on their board and their analytics department had him top two on their board. They got him at 28. Believe in your own evaluations. Swing for the fences. Go deep. Right? Because if you make it to the lottery, if you're bad enough where you need something to lift you up, hitting for a single does what? Now the Yankees are down 10 nothing to the Mariners right now. They're, you think they're bunting? Oh yeah, Andrew. Yeah, they are. Um, you think are they're the bunting? Playing? No, they're swinging deep. So basically Jordan Hawkins to me is like hitting for a single that could be a double or maybe even a triple, maybe get some XBH in there. But like, I, I just think that, man, that's, that's uninspiring from new Orleans who I thought might go with someone like Kobe Bufkin at that spot because he could play next to McCollum and cover up on defense and have the upside long-term to take over on offense. This just kind of feels like they're okay with Jordan Hawkins being the player he is right now. Um, um not inspiring. It feels like they're going to run back BI and Zion and just keep the whole band together. Why not? I did. I mean, at this point, I think you'd have to assume that that's exactly what they're going to do, but you know, we'll, we'll see real quick. Um, this is from Jake Fisher, uh, friend of the pod, Jake Fisher on, on Yahoo with Yahoo. Um, the jazz oh, have, been, have been conducting well, plenty of trade calls about the number 28 pick. It was one of the buzzier topics around the league as this afternoon turned into evening. Been told the trade will depend on who is still on the board for the Jazz. Uh, I'm sure everybody will remember that the uh, very first rumored Donovan Mitchell trade involved Obi Toppin going to Utah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, with them getting... They did take Taylor Hendricks. They right? did take Taylor it, Hendricks. Just, yeah. It passed by on the, the ticker and I couldn't see it. Um, basically, I would say there's no need for that now that they have Markinen and Hendricks. Um, but if they're interested in being long and, and uh, the, you know, just a team that, that is out there moving the ball quick, yeah, I'd still go for Obi if I were them because you got such a, such a good pick at nine. I just would swing for upside at that point like this draft is deep enough where you're going to be able to get someone there at 28 who normally would have gone 22 in a regular draft 21 do you want upside that is uh just starting a rookie contract or do you want uh upside that is extension eligible uh before we get to a couple of these other prospects we got some super chats to get out of the way um matt smith what's going on matt giddy is 22 on bill simmons trade list i know i thought that was a little high um but i was thinking of that when um when chris was was making his plea to have Giddy come off the bench. Uh, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he's going to be coming off the bench yet. I mean, look, they value, they do value him highly. Bill Simmons' trade list is the most. Look, I, first of I, all, thank I, you. I, agree. Matt. I thought it was silly. Second of all, he forgot Emmanuel quickly. 
and, and I'm not talking about like, oh, uh, uh, he hates the Knicks and he's slight. No, no, no. Like he actually gave Brunson and Randall really nice and good rankings. He just straight up forgot and RJ. Um, and RJ. He just straight up forgot Emmanuel quickly. Like Kelly Olynyk made the back of that list. Let's so, get Andrew. Let's get uh, Bill Simmons on the pod to see if he forgot quickly or if he intentionally left left quickly. No, he forgot him. He has no Let's idea. See, that guy. I'll make I'll make some time next week. He, uh, he thank you. Man. The six man argument. So <laughs> Dom Dom Cappuccini. I bet Malcolm Brogdon made his, made the list. I don't know where. Um, Dom Cappuccini. Top take eight. a moment. And flashback to last year at this time at 11th, where chaos ensued and some angry feelings revealed themselves from KFS. <laughs> I tweeted that it was uninspiring for them to make that move. Well, I mean, I'll tell you who would look nice in a, a Nick Jersey. Uh, and I, I maintain that they could have had Brunson and Jalen Williams, but I digress. Only uh, to get then, Brunson- they wouldn't have, then they wouldn't have gotten Hartenstein. That's accurate. Yes. You would be backing uh, up like Sims. Have fun with that. So an interesting alternate universe. Um, only to get Brunson at the end of the day. Good times. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you, you never, you can't judge draft night on draft night. You got to wait and see how everything plays out. Um, but like, I don't know. I think for this, for the way we're going on this night in particular, like the reports are out there. Like Obi, they're they're gonna try to move Obi. You know, they're gonna try to do it right by Obi. That's not. That's not conjecture anymore at this point. I mean, Ian Bagley said it. It's like the, there's, and it's not just Ian. Like other beat reporters have said essentially the same thing. So, how are you going to move him? What are you going to move him for? Where are you going to move him? And the, the the draft is tonight. So, like, there's there should be in theory an opportunity to ship him out and bring in a player who could potentially, you know, the next player in your pipeline. And I think that's important. So um, I do think that there is, a, a, you know, an, an ounce of urgency, perhaps. IKF is pitching right now, Andrew. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Dom, uh, though, by the way. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. Thank you, Dom. Yeah. Hartenstein and Brunson was the haul for that 11th pick as well as the protected pick. So that's how you got to look at it. Jeremy loves putting it that way. And it's because it's how it happened. And people like to ignore the Hartenstein aspect of it. Um, oh, it's just, Which is important. yeah, that guy's like a top 12 center in the NBA right now. So that's, that's, you know, uh, oh. what it is. Um, I'll do, I'll do a list with you someday. Anyway, anyway, Hartenstein is a very, 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 very good backup center. That's yeah. Say about Hartenstein. Top 14 center in the league. All right. Anyway, uh, basically do, do the list, man. It's, I will, I will do it's it. Skimmer, it's Our skimmer than you think. Anyway, Keontae George at 16 to the Jazz really quick. If he drops, then like, I'm sorry, if his outcome, like his development curve drops, you're getting someone who it's like, how did this guy go in the first round? So I understand the floor being low at George. I just think the same way I kind of poo-pooed away LaMelo Ball's three-point shooting percentages in, in uh, Australia and New Zealand because so many times when there was two seconds left on the clock, his teammates were like, uh, that guy can shoot it and miss. Um, they just tossed him the hot potato. I think a lot of that happened to Keontae at Baylor where he's taking shots that he just never take in the NBA. Um, I think the percentages are lying a little bit. You know, the, the saying, you know, this person lies, this person lies, numbers don't lie. No, numbers can lie. You got to know how to read them. Uh, Keontae is really talented. If he pans out high on the development curve, he's not only a high assist guy, but he's a high three point volume guy, someone who you trust to go out there and pull from 28 if the defense gives him two feet of room. Uh, he, he's an offensive dynamo. Uh, the thing is that for him to get there, he's got to be able to one, stick on the floor on defense and two, not turn the ball over and, and make a lot of his shots. So I think Utah is a great landing spot. That's a good 
ground zero for him to start from uh, in terms of situation from day one because he can go out there and afford to mess up. Good stuff. Let's get to a couple more Super Chats before we react to the next pick. This one's from Daniel Soto. Go ahead, John. You are muted. Now you my mic is unmuted. There you go. People can actually hear what I'm saying. Dana Soto, love KFS. Great show. Shout out to Chris as well for his hard work. I second that. Um, I don't watch college much college basketball. Um, his work analysis has been great. I, I got to tell you. Same. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is a, I so, so, so depended on your analysis through this draft season because I just like. No, because usually you get to a point in, in a Knicks season when the Knicks are not great as they have been much of the last 20 years. And you're like, okay, it's time to start caring about college and if, you know, figuring out what these guys are. Um, okay. So thank you. Uh, Sam Garcia's dad. What's going on? Sam Garcia's dad. I just want to say the Rams are in the house as I too am a Fordham grad. So we got a bunch of Fordham grads. Here. Um, okay. Waiting on Leon to make my night. Nothing better than KFS in the evening. Cheers. You just, I needed. So I, can I? Because he has a little. For anybody listening to this, he has a little Scotch glass or bourbon glass, whiskey glass, whatever. Do you want to tell about, us what you're drinking, John? Well, here's the thing. I told you I'm doing this. Or maybe I haven't told you. I I'm, I tried to do this 21 day fix thing with my wife. You know, in solidarity with her, mm-hmm. she's doing it. I'm doing it. And alcohol is not really a part of that. So I've had like one bottle of wine in the last since I got back from vacation. It's been it's been an adjustment. I, I don't know. I feel like I may need I may take two minutes and, and go fill myself up. It's just like treat treat one more super I'm I I wish you the best of luck in that, by the way. In your twenty one day fix? Twenty one day fix and solidarity with your wife. Um I I, I have my own obligations in less than 21 days so i understand the feeling uh let's get one more super chat in before we react to the most recent pick sergio acosta thank you these guys thank you guys you guys are so generous thank you man um chris the only kp new york needs uh chris's cape kp is is just it's it's just far away the best uh j mac and gmac his his grady dick what I just I said a basketball player's about. name. I don't know what you're talking about. We're all going to wind up in the same handbasket. Uh, yes. Uh, just showing some love. I'd like Levine and maybe a long wing defender. If we Olivier get Maxson's the- prosper. I was about to. Well, I think he just went to the, speak of the devil. I think he just went to the Lakers. No, no, no sorry. That's the I other hyphen. I was <laughs> you. You knew where I was. Going. I got gotcha. you, J- Jalen Hood Shafino, who was another guy. Again, I know this from coached by you. Mike Woodson this year. And he, he kind of rolls up draft uh, boards. Um, so, yeah. So the guy that you just said is is still available. I w- you know, it's it's interesting because like the when I think about and thank you again for the contribution, Sergio. When I think about Obi and I think about the fact that they might look to move on. And then I think back to the deadline when we first heard some Obi rumors. The name that we were hearing in conjunction with the Knicks is Jared Vanderbilt was Jared Vanderbilt. Now, obviously, Jared Vanderbilt has since gone to the Lakers. Um, I like that sort of player to replace Toppin, who is more defensively apt, I guess you'd say. Um, but like, I, you do you think like, let's just say for Chris, for argument's sake, let's say they got the guy that um, 
whose name I've already forgotten that you just said that would qualify for this. Uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper at a Marquette. By the way, Jake Fisher just put out there. Remember when I said earlier that I've heard the Rockets would be willing to trade up for Cam Whitmore? Yes. If he fell, the Jake Fisher just tweeted, the Rockets have called the Lakers heat and warriors at 17, 18 and 19, but it won't tell they, the Houston will not tell rival front offices who they're targeting with a potential trade up from 20. Wonder who that is. Well, um, anyway, Olivier Maxence prosper uh small forward power forward as you said adam marquette do you think he's the guy he's the sort of guy that would get um potentially get rotation minutes for for top david early on i i could see tibbs like hearing the knicks drafted someone and that he has to play him and being like damn it you know not another rookie he's and played then, rookies like, in two of his three he seasons. watches quickly was not his choice i'll put it that way um Anyway, played him no. It's whether he would play him, not did he want to play him, Chris? Yeah, would okay. he play him? Okay. So, yes, and I think he would be fine with it as soon as he saw him in camp. Okay. One of those. You want to get one more, Andrew? Nah, Chris. Tell us about uh, Jalen Hoodshafino. Yes, I will yes. be right back. So, go ahead, sir. Jalen Hoodshafino is a point guard shooting guard out of Indiana. Um, he's, he's really interesting because if you buy his offense, he should have gone before Keontae George. If you buy his off, you know, like if you buy everything about him, he's a top 12 guy to me. It's like he, he's versatile with the ball in his hands. He can shoot his signature like feature is just how dirty he is at crossing over, stopping on a dime and pulling up. I mean, if I had to guard this guy, Andrew, I'd get sent face first into the floor, getting my ankles broken, like every play down. Like I just, he is shifty. No pun intended with the last name, but listen, this kid is, is, is really fun. The concern is he played in the big 10 where a lot of the point guards are six foot, white men like me who can't are not going to make it to the NBA. Um, Johnny Davis did really well last year in the big 10 and is now known as the biggest draft bust of his year. So, you know, I, I just think it's tough. I think there's a reason why you, you saw guys, no one of Buffkin or hood Shafino went top 10, like the, the big 10 guard thing, like teams are kind of done screwing up and reaching for them. Um, but I would say, with Hood Shafino, the floater shows you that the touch is there. You can buy the shot. Um, the handle is great. He gives you good size in the backcourt. And I think something underrated about him is his defense. He's not a fantastic defender, but what he does have is that willingness and that desire to go out there and defend. And for me, that's 51% of that end of the floor is, do you want to do it? You can have all the tools. If you don't want to do it, who cares? Right? So a guy like um, Jaime Jaquez Jr., who doesn't even look like he belongs anywhere besides an LA fitness is someone I have in the first round. Cause I think he just wants to go out there and play. I think he wants to go be a gamer. I think he wants to go get steals. I think he wants to shut you down. I think he wants to dive on the floor and bump you out the way to get that loose ball. Tibbs guy. I described him on dream last night as the biggest Tibbs guy in the whole draft. Um, and, and I just think that if Jalen Huchifino brings that level of, uh, of aggression to the table, he'll absolutely play up to his draft slot. But if he doesn't, you might get people questioning, you know, how tall ish Smith went in the first round. And it's like, well, you know, 
it's all about the process for me. And I think this is a great pick for Los Angeles because he has the defensive ability to bring value for them day one, but also the offensive upside where obviously once it's LeBron's time uh, coming up, they can grow going forward as well. 